Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I've got huge and exciting news, potentially sad as well, but this is the final episode of what is known as the Boundless Self Podcast. So I'm welcoming you to the last show officially as the podcast is getting a rebrand. So don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be in your ears. But the podcast is getting a huge new rebrand, completely new name and a more intensified direction. I feel so lucky and so blessed to have just been blessed with this amazing idea for the Boundless Self Podcast The idea for this podcast literally came to me while I was on holiday in Greece over a year ago and I just hunkered down for like two days and I had to create it. And it's been such a dream and so many learnings along the way to create my first podcast. And I have absolutely fallen in love with the podcasting platform and being able to communicate with you and share so much with you. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who has listened, who has shared, who has sent links to friends, who've shouted out on their stories. You are all incredible and I appreciate you so much. And this is why I'm so incredibly excited to be rebranding and to have such a specific direction that I'm going in with this podcast, which is really exciting. And I think I'm onto something pretty damn good. I don't want to spoil it any longer, but do not worry if you are already um, subscribed, like if you've already hit the bell icon, you will stay and get um, the downloads of the new podcast automatically. I'm going to be in the same system. I'm just rebranding, changing the name, doing everything else like that. But you'll still be able to access all the old episodes. It's not going anywhere. You will just be getting something new and exciting next week. We're sticking with our Monday morning early schedule and every week we're committed to bringing you an incredible show filled with, actually I can't say anymore. I can't say anymore because otherwise I'll be giving it away. But in honor of both today's last episode for the Boundless Self, the era, first era of podcasts, hopefully of many because I love podcasting, is, and in honor of Spotify Wrapped, what I've done is I've put together um, snippets of the six most popular episodes over the last year, according to Spotify Wrapped, and I am sharing them here with you, these most amazing snippets that will take you on a damn journey with so many amazing guests. And I think that's what I feel so blessed with this podcast is to have been connected with so many incredible guests that I never would have had these long amazing conversations with and never been able to bring to you if I didn't have this podcast so I am so grateful for you for being here if you were if you were here from the beginning or if you are a boundless selfer you're probably listening to this now I would call you a boundless selfer you were here for the first era you I just really want to thank you I really want to thank you for everything and for just yeah for being here And I cannot wait. So make sure if you haven't already to hit the bell icon and subscribe so that you get automatic downloads for when the whole complete new rebrand launches next Monday. Um, But other than that, let's dive in to these six amazing and best snippets from the show from the last year. So first up, 
I'm bringing you a snippet from my conversation with my bestie, my past client, and an amazing coach and healer herself. Her name is Kelsey. So in this episode, we talked about clearing your past emotional baggage. Kelsey is trained in something called the Emotion Code, which is a modality that I get all of my clients to go through in their journey with me as well inside of one-to-one coaching. In this snippet, we talk about letting go of past emotions. We talk about the signs and symptoms, especially in the mind-body connection of having trapped emotions, of holding on to the past, what that looks like and how you can clear them. It's an amazing snippet. Let's go. And like you said, your body can't always process all of the emotions it's going through at any given moment. And so that is when an emotion gets trapped. It's when the energy that emotion wants to be expressed, but it hasn't been released. And so your body just doesn't throw it out somewhere. It gets stored and stays trapped in your body. And what, like, what are the symptoms of having trapped emotions? Because I remember that was something that was quite powerful. And I think how a lot of people end up going and finding the emotion code through physical symptoms. So all these trapped emotions in our body. Oh, what did you, did you describe? No, someone else described them as, who was it? Kendall, who I had on the podcast before when we were talking about something similar. She described it as, you know, when you don't process your emotions and you trap them, she described it almost as like imagining like a road of sticky tar you know, and all the emotions get trapped and they get stuck on this thing of sticky tar. And it ends up just being this, you know, imagine walking through that road of sticky tar and just being like, ugh, like every new experience you go through is reminding you of an old experience that you went through and you're feeling all those emotions that came up with that. They're getting triggered. When people speak about triggers, they're speaking about something in the past that they haven't necessarily processed being triggered and those emotions coming up in the body coming up in the nervous system again and your body reacting to that so what are the symptoms and what can people see feel or experience if they have a bunch of trapped emotions like most of us do yeah there's a whole list of different symptoms you could having multiple trapped emotions say you have multiple emotions of anxiety trapped within you this means that your body is now going to attract in more anxious situations mm-hmm. and you're going to feel anxiety more easily and more readily than you otherwise would because you've already created a baseline you already have this baseline of anxiety so now you don't have to go from level one to level two to level three inside you could already be at level three so a slightly anxious situation could come up mm-hmm. and you're already at level three and now you're going to level four and so you start to feel these emotions magnified um and as we know everything in the world is made up of energy and that includes our emotions and by holding on to these emotions from the past we're holding on to this negative energy and that energy can affect your body's processes it can affect your muscles it can affect your glands and that stuff stays stored and can cause all these distortions within your body's processes within your muscles And so people with like chronic pain or lower back pain or... I was literally shitting my pants. That's what happened to me. (laughs) I had gut problems, honestly. Like so many trapped emotions, you know, and like anxiety sits in your gut, right? It just sits in your stomach. So if you've been experiencing gut problems and maybe you, like me, you tried everything, you know, um, yeah, explore what emotions could be trapped there. And there is like, we know now there's such a strong connection between the mind and the body. Yeah. Yeah, huge connection. And you can also experience mental symptoms such as like self-doubt, self-sabotage. You can self-sabotage your relationships, your relationship with yourself or with a future partner, Um, career, your business, your health. Like 
it just goes everywhere, doesn't it? It can yeah. impact you in any which way. And often what happens is, like, I love when you talked about how we have a baseline for that emotion already, right? And I'll share this example because I think this really lands it f- for me. Um, so I had irritable bowel syndrome and literally to the point where I was unable to control my bowels. Um, and it it was one of those chicken or the egg things, you know? Was I anxious and that's what gave me the gut health issues? Or was it because I had an eating disorder and my gut bacteria was impacted and then I got really anxious about nearly shooting myself because that's really a horrible thing to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like what came first and through those repeated experiences, like over a period of a couple of years, I had multiple incidents where I either nearly shat myself or I did shit myself and I was filled with so much shame and anxiety and anxiety around food, around people, long car drives, anything. And I just walked around like being an anxious bubble and that's where that baseline thing was, right? So I had experienced so much anxiety already that my body had just built up, let's say bloody, to level seven anxiety, you know? Um, and so I was attracting in like every other situation in my life, even if it was, you know, let's say my boss giving me feedback, you know, and I had a great relationship with my boss. I was, it was really, you know, and I, and I loved receiving feedback from them in the past, but because of that like that a level of anxiety that was present in me what happened instead was I got so anxious about it you know and it's, it really and it leaked into my relationship as well you know I was so anxious about everything that you know all the things I needed to say the conversations I needed to have to grow a stronger connection with that person I was just so anxious all the time and I was attracting in these patterns of just being anxious right mm-hmm. and what I love to look at these patterns from because I know so many people end up attracting in like the same partners or the same job that they hate or they feel purposeless at or you know they you know they experience a a pattern over and over and over again you know um but what I love to look at this by is that the universe your soul your body your higher self whoever it is that you believe in whether it's something outside or inside you the reason that pattern is coming up is because your body wants you to heal your body is saying, dear God, please let us process this. We need to let this past shit go so that we can finally live our lives, you know, and not be so impacted by the past. And I just, I'm, I think that's a beautiful way to look at those patterns repeating, you know? Yeah. So your body's always trying to send you a message to <laughs> communicate with me. Yeah. Honestly, and it's, it's so hard to listen to it sometimes because to listen to it means you have to deal with that pain and deal with that discomfort that was trapped years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way I like to, I like the tar analogy. I also like to see emotions as your glasses, a different lens. And so your trapped emotions are literally distorting the way you see the world. You're putting on these glasses. Fear goggles, but anxiety goggles, self-doubt goggles, anger goggles. Yeah. And you have different glasses for different situations. So in your relationships, you could put on these lenses of insecurity and fear of vulnerability and anxiety or, you know, any other things. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thing. And like imagine what life would look like and how you would respond if you took off those glasses. My goodness, I absolutely loved that snippet and I love Kelsey. She's incredible and I love the analogies that she has about looking through the lens of your past emotions. So that's what happens when we hold on to stuff rather than actually being able to process and let go of things. 
if you love that episode or if you love that snippet and you want to learn more you want to re-listen to it don't you worry I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that all of the episodes and the titles are all on the show notes so scroll down have a look and make sure you screenshot them or save them to watch to watch next to listen to next next up and continuing the theme on emotions we have the amazing Kendall Kendall is just incredible She's a coach that really specializes in relationships, breakups, and attachment styles. And in this conversation, we talk about the best way to actually heal from a breakup. We break down the steps and we talk about what that actually looks like in order to not hold on and to not trap all those emotions that, you know, sometimes we do when we're going through hard shit, we don't want to feel it. So in this snippet, we're going to talk about that. And Kendall shares with us exactly what she did during her last breakup. Let's go. Like when when I went through my breakup, I absolutely I lounged around the house for like two weeks. Yeah, I dream best friend. Yeah, but I was also in the process of feeling those emotions. I was in the sadness. I was with my best friends. I was yeah, chocolate ice cream, chick flicks. Yeah, Love Islands. Like yeah. I was in that grief stage. Because you're allowed to wallow. Like I remember watching Gilmore Girls and. There's this episode where Rory breaks up with someone and, and her mum's like, you need to wallow. Like, yes. you just need it's to. It's part of the yeah. process. Part of feeling your feelings is the wallowing and it's kind of uncomfortable and it sucks and it's awful, but it is a part of the process. And I think in relation to a breakup, that wallowing part at the beginning is very much important because it's the piece where you're coming to terms with, with what has happened. Mm-hmm. You're coming to terms with losing an important person in your life and losing the future losing that the future mm-hmm. what will your future look like now and, and the, again it, why people go into unhealthy patterns of drinking partying drugs sex rebounds because the idea of not knowing what, like your future changing and that future it's almost like someone's just hearing the light yeah. out on a room that you just knew was always, you're like, that was where I'm going. And then yeah. someone's just gone, no, you're not. I'm anymore. envisioning like, you know, when they're building like a bridge or a highway and they already have half of it done and then the road disappears and you're like, what the fuck? Like, and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. going, I've got to turn around and go back yeah, and take a different route. And that's really scary because you don't want to go back, right? You want to no, forward. You always want to be moving forward. And it's you know, alcohol or partying and going out is the quick way to like this just rat stay. But the thing is though, you're not actually moving anywhere. That bridge analogy is fantastic. I'm gonna roll with it. Because if you're stood on the edge of that bridge, you're having a party on the edge of the bridge. Trying to pretend I'm not on the edge of a bridge. I'm not on the edge of a bridge. I don't know, you know, there is no anywhere. Even like and that's the thing. That's why that wallowing piece is so important because it's actually you beginning to walk backwards. Yeah. Beginning to walk back through that move going I'm sad that that future is gone I'm sad that this chapter is closing I'm sad that I'm losing this person Mm -hmm. I'm angry about stuff I'm like the the anger that comes for someone if you were broken up with maybe if you broke up with the other person or particularly if someone broke up with you is like you're angry that they took that future away from you. That they destroyed. They made they cut the bridge. Yeah, they made the decision. They took that away from you. And there's all these emotions that you have to wallow in it for a little bit for them to come up mm. because you can't go straight out of the breakup and go right. I'm going to process my emotions if you don't know what the emotions are. Yeah, so true. So what I'm hearing and what we're we're developing a wee list here, but the right way to do a breakup checklist wallow. 
Wallows. Wallow. Um, get in yourself in a space where you can wallow. Get in, in a safe space with what you say. Or safe space. And whatever that looks like for you. Some people, it might be by themselves. And some people. For me, it was. People. Exactly. For me, it was being with my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, being with the people that I could trust, that I could cry around, that I knew wouldn't judge me if I wanted to have a full rant or if I was trying to like. I'm a very, when I talk, I'm processing. That's mm. so why coaching and therapy has always worked great for me because I'm processing as I'm talking. Okay. And to be around people that you can do that with as you're processing this huge life event, this huge crumbling, this huge change, yeah. to be around people that you can communicate that with rather than feeling like you're going through it alone. Yes. Because I feel like, for a lot of people coming back to that need for connection and we isolate yeah, and we're in isolating is yeah. temptation. Possibly because I think, and this is something I've really been looking into and working through with some clients, is we I think the common thing for parents of our generation, we're about the same age, our parents are about the same age, um, would be go to your room. <laughs> You're having attention. Go to your room. Go to time out. Yeah. Go away. Stop being so dramatic. And I think that's Stop making idea. a big deal out of nothing. We were yeah. never taught how to soothe on our mm-hmm. own. We were never taught how to soothe on our own. And we were then also taught that bad emotions we are only allowed, allowed to deal with on our own. Yeah. We were not given the support yep. or the encouragement. Which is fucked because what we know now is that children do not have the ability to soothe and regulate themselves when they're experiencing so you make up your own shit to do you make up your own way and you cope yeah and whatever way possible coping mechanisms that are often unhealthy yes such as avoidance can we see like the mirror here between say in childhood when you felt an uncomfortable because a breakup is an uncomfortable emotion oh my god it's a whole yeah. wind of uncomfortable yeah. emotions and as a kid when you felt an uncomfortable emotion if you grew up in a household where you were told go to your room or you're bad for throwing a tantrum and you got you lost connection you lost that literally that safety and support that line of you're going to help me calm down again because as a kid remember you can't do it you yeah. cannot you rely on your parents and caregivers to literally regulate your nervous system based on theirs. If you're sent away, when you're in that spot, as a kid, you're going to have to find a coping mechanism within yourself to regulate your nervous system or your body's going to tell you that you're going to die. And this is where we see kids like going hectic, doing crazy things like, you know, hitting other kids or where we see them, you know, getting really, I got really obsessed with reading. Right? Reading was like in fantasy land, imaginary friends, like going into that space where I don't have the connection I need right now outside of me so I have to find a coping mechanism to distract myself to feel safe again and we see that mimicked as adults with the drinking with the drugs with the Netflix with the partying with the sex with the rebounds with whatever it might be to distract yourself from that pain so it's it's the point that we're getting to here curiously is ask yourself what was your childhood like around feeling and expressing an uncomfortable emotion what what did your parents and caregivers how did they treat you you know did they demonize those emotions did they make you feel bad did they send you to be alone and notice how you probably tend to do that right like if you were sent to your room all the time when you were angry then when you're angry you're going to feel shame and you're going to try and isolate yourself right when anger is one of the healthiest emotions there is and anger can lead to 
fucking freedom on so many levels, you know? Anger is such a heavy emotion. Mm. Going back to that metaphor of the layers of tarn of emotion, anger is such a, like, it's like thick layer because it is heavy. And you think about when you feel angry, it's a heavy emotion that you are feeling in your body. That's the, the way that we describe it. Oh, like, exactly. It's like a fire in my belly. My hands were burning. My blood was boiling. There's all these like visuals that we use to describe anger. Yet we don't actually do anything about it. Mm, and that's why the somatic work, which yeah. you don't know, somatic means in the body. And in terms of feeling your feelings, somatic work is the best thing you could possibly do because life-changing and life-changing the processing phase of dealing with a breakup. And when I said to you before that emotions can be processed within like 30 seconds to seven minutes, the way that I'm talking about processing that is somatically, which just means locating the feeling in your body, letting that feeling move through you like a wave. I think that we can all agree that breakups are some of the most uncomfortable but also most transformative moments of our lives and so important to go through. What I love in that snippet is just how honest Kendall is about how hard the experience really is and how important they are, you know, to not hold on and trap and avoid all the emotion and the hardness that comes with it to find those ways and spaces and and ways to process your feelings and emotions. Now, the next snippet that we're going into is from probably one of my most favorite episodes yet, purely because of the topic. And really, it's just something I love talking about all the time because it's, damn, it's just so important. And that is pleasure. So the snippet is, the next part is from an episode I did with Alicia Fay, who is a sex and intimacy coach. She is flippin' amazing. And what do you want to do after a breakup? You want to feel pleasure in your life. You want to increase that. So this flows really well. I'm just segueing in here. So this next part is an, a part of the episode with Alicia where we talked about how to bring more pleasure in your life. So get ready, buckle in. I think so many of us aren't even used to having pleasure in our everyday experiences. Our systems are overwhelmed. Our nervous system is constantly dysregulated. Pleasure is actually really difficult for most people to access um, because they haven't even given it space, right? So if you mm. think of turning up in a sexual experience, trying to be like, all right, like here I am, all the pleasure, <laughs> yeah. your body doesn't shed its shit just as you enter another doorway, right? Yeah. It carries the same shit from the day. So if you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're dysregulated, um, your body's not used to pleasure, being in the moment, being present, um, like focusing on sensitivity over intensity, et cetera, like then it's going to be very difficult to turn up in a sexual experience like that. So wow. where I always start is from the most simplest form is like cultivating this in your everyday, right? How are you bringing 30 seconds more pleasure into an everyday scenario? When you're eating breakfast, are you looking at your phone? Are you thinking about a bunch of stuff? Come back mm. to the present moment really taste that food in your mouth, feel the textures, you know, notice what your lips are like over your spoon, bring yourself back to your senses and just really tuned in. Mm. And the more you do this in your everyday, the more safety you will create in your nervous system to being present, to being in your body, listening to its cues, um, you know, being able to tap into your senses and your sensory experience, and then being able to invite in pleasure because pleasure can't be forced. It can only be invited. Mm. Oh, I like that line. Pleasure can't be forced. It can only be invited. Yeah. And so what that, that, what that requires is a sense of openness, of curiosity, mm-hmm. of being like, oh, 
I am I am open here. And when you're stressed and overwhelmed, your you're closed. Yeah. Closed mode, right? Really yeah. hard to feel pleasure in a moment of overwhelm and stress. So it's not that you can't feel pleasure when you're stressed, right? So because pleasure can actually be a great um, healer of stress, but it's that. It, it will it will take you and it will require a level of awareness coming into yourself. So yeah. as I you know I share with my clients, so often our awareness is external. It's like all the thoughts and worries about what we have to do, when we have to do it, who we have to see, etc. Just bring that attention and awareness in a little bit more in like you know thirty seconds a day. That's all you need to start with, Beautiful. and then that will start to cultivate your ability to tap into yourself. And I this opens yourself up to different types of. That is an episode that you do not want to miss. There is about an hour and 20 minutes of Alicia breaking down how we can get more pleasure in our lives. Okay, so next up, we have a really short snippet from an episode with my amazing coach and past client and friend, Chloe. This episode is talking all about the power of present parenting. And in this short snippet, Chloe shares with us how healing and learning how to feel helped her become more of a present conscious grounded and amazing parent that she is let's dive in one of the things that you mentioned so much and i know this has been the biggest piece of work in your own journey as well has been feeling your feelings and emotions and it sounds like you've spent a lot of time teaching your kids how to do the same tell us about that so that is something that initially i was like i'm fine i don't need to do my feelings like i'm good with this but Right, open that bottle. I was like, "Damn, okay, I do have feelings that need to be felt." So I guess it's been um, a journey. I'm really lucky that I can have it. I've got a space in my house where I just go to. Sometimes I just sit here and just allow whatever to come up to come up. I just let it flow. Um, and sometimes, a lot of the time for me, it's anger. You know, I just allow it to just flow through and I've learned the modalities um, in how to process or allow the body to express the emotion because a lot of the time my mind tries to control the situation. Mm, yeah, we get stuck like analyzing stuff as well, right? Like I remember a big experience for me was realizing, oh, I'm not actually feeling my feelings. I'm just analyzing them. I'm just justifying them. I'm just trying to make sense of them, but I'm not actually letting them move through my body. So what, what changed for that for you? And how did you teach this to your children? I think the, the biggest change was actually probably my son because he was so emotional. Um, and I almost couldn't let, I couldn't shut his feelings down when he was first born, when he was crying and there was no way to just shut the feelings down. So I had no option but to process them or learn to process my own so that I could hold the space for him to process his. Um, and often I just, I just sit with them. I just sit with them while they're going through it. You know, I do have 500 loads of washing to do. I've got a dinner to cook. I've got mess to clean up, but I just. This next snippet is from one of my favorite solo episodes, which is all about how authenticity is really the key to achieving your dreams and your biggest goals in this life. In this snippet, we break down the choice points and the key moments to when you decide to be inauthentic, the consequences of that, and how you can begin to change, find, discover, and be more of your authentic self. For you to achieve that goal or that thing that you're trying to manifest or whatever, however you word goals and desires, because that's what they really are. If you're trying to achieve a desire, the key to this desire is 
finding your true self. It's authenticity. It's being more of you in the world. It is rewriting those belief systems and it is recreating and forming beliefs that you are enough just as you are, that you are wonderful, that you're magical, that you're enough, that you're worth it, that you are worth the dreams that you have. The key to realizing your dreams doesn't lie within your motivation. It lies within the parts of you that were taught that they weren't good enough to achieve them in the first place. It is your job and your responsibility. If you have big dreams, if you want to go and have this big, amazing life, which we've only got the one right now, so why not go for it, hey? You need to look at something. And this is the process that I took myself through. It's the process I take my clients through. So this is the real value pack space here. If you have a notepad, get it out. You need to look at what beliefs lead you to moments of inauthenticity. Do you have a story like mine, like the makeup disaster moment where I pretended to be sick? Do you have moments where you can see that you betrayed your authenticity or that you learned that you weren't good enough as your authentic self? For some reason, you weren't good enough. Those moments create those beliefs that you hold and those beliefs are what cause you. Those beliefs are what lead you to take action. You need to be taking action from a place of I'm good enough. I believe in myself. I back myself. I bet on myself. I'm allowed to be imperfect. You need to be operating from those belief systems in order to achieve the dreams that you have. So think about those moments of inauthenticity. When do you lie? Lying is a huge one. And again, I think lying gets a really bad rap because it's, you know, a religious sin uh, is lying. But we lie to fit in we lie to appear cooler to people we're lying to try and meet that first need that i spoke about which is survival and the best way to survive is to belong to fit in right so when do you lie when do you stay quiet when do you not use your voice when do you not actually speak up and say how you really feel about a certain situation when do you tend to just make things calm rather than saying oh hey um that thing that you did wasn't really cool i'm really upset about it when do you do that when do you agree to keep the peace I need you to look at those key moments. I need you to understand why you're doing this. You need you to understand this. Go through this process. Ask yourself some of these really hard, uncomfortable questions. And I know they're hard and I know they're uncomfortable. But they are the key to you being more secure in yourself and achieving your dreams. The reality is that your most authentic and truest self isn't going to fit in everywhere. Not everyone is going to like who you really are. But that doesn't mean that you don't belong. I want you to really hear that. Not everyone is going to like who you really are, but that doesn't mean that you don't belong. Authenticity is the key to realizing your dreams, your goals, your passions, your desires, and your purpose. It's the fastest road to get there, is authenticity. Because when you show up as your true self, not only energetically are you putting out to the universe amazing things, and you're on this amazing vibrational plane, and you're at peace with who you are. Your actions look so different than they do from that place of insecurity, from that place of pretending to be someone you're not. When you're pretending to be someone you're not, when you're being the you know the person, the mask that you've created, the identity that you've created for yourself that you think other people will like, when you're doing that, you're going to feel insecure all the fucking time, right? Because you're constantly delivering yourself the message, I'm not okay with who I am. I'm not good enough as who I am. I need to keep changing you're always going to feel that insecurity on some level. And remember, there's such a strong link between the mind and the body. Think about the physical symptoms. Think about the feeling that insecurity feels like in your body. Think what self-doubt feels like. 
Now let's move into what healing looks like. The best ways to start healing in this journey of inauthenticity to authenticity is two things. One is creating that sense of belonging within yourself. Because remember, there's a choice point. So you could be living your life as your most authentic self and, you know, everything's amazing, everything's hunky-dory, and then something happens and there's a choice that you make and you're presented with two of your core human needs and they battle up against each other. One is survival through connection, fitting in, belonging. The other is being your most authentic and true self, self-discovery. And when you're presented with that moment, these are the moments that you'll learn the most. They're the moments that you'll learn what's the most important to you. They're the moments that you'll learn what the deepest parts of you are insecure about so that you can start working with those parts of you. You need to realize and create your own sense of belonging. You need to practice being your authentic self around yourself. You should be your safest space. It's terrifying to go out there and be your authentic self in front of a bunch of people. You need to get good at it. You need to teach your brain that it's safe for you to be who you really are. It's safe for you to wear no makeup if that's what's authentic to you. It's safe for you to let your body do whatever it needs to do. It's safe for you to wear these new clothes. It's safe for you to laugh, your authentic laugh. But first of all, you have to create that evidence and give yourself a safe space to be who you really are where there are no threats, right? Where other people aren't going to judge you. And guess what? That is with you and your and last but not least we have an incredible snippet from the greatest episode with my past client and incredible feminine empowerment coach herself coco in this snippet and in the whole episode which is fire by the way we talk about the dark feminine and we break down how there is so much more to feminine energy than just love and light you're gonna love this i'll see you at the end your feminine is so much more than just being you know, this this light and this love, but she's really fuel for you to not survive, but to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the way that we do things at the moment, we're very good at surviving, but are we actually thriving? Are we enjoying ourselves? Are we enjoying the process of going to wherever it is that we're going, of getting to where we want to get to? Because you can get there and achieve all of these amazing things, but if you've not enjoyed yourself in the process, what's the point? Like if you've been stressed and and burnt out and and anxious and you've got all of these challenging emotions coming up throughout the whole time which is normal as well but if you've not enjoyed your whole journey to getting to where you want to get to you're not really going to enjoy it at the end what are you doing right like what are you doing what are you what is the purpose of life if not to experience joy right joy and connection and emotion right I think we so often go about our journey in life trying to avoid emotion right like we almost try and go I don't want to feel the lows Therefore, I'm going to like minimize my emotional capacity, my emotional range, and you miss out on the highs as well. And I think a really big part for me of reconnecting to that feminine energy has Mm. been letting myself fucking feel the messiest emotions and learning that as a skill, right? Which we're not taught and we should be, but that is the one should I will allow. You should be taught how to feel your feelings. Um, The one should. and we're also not taught then how to experience the highs and how to relish in them, you know, like fucking having an orgasm, like enjoy it. You know, we're so fast to be like, my God, get there, get the orgasm. (laughs) Over the whole part. Yeah. I remember I was with, I was with a partner one time and he said to me, he said, it's a race. 
the first person to have an orgasm wins. And I was like, no, honey. And I was like, I don't really think this is how I want to have sex. Like, this doesn't feel good. You know, I I don't really want it to be a race. I want to enjoy my time here, you know? Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah, so funny. But anyway, so let's go back into this feminine energy and about Mm. it. And let's go into this fucking dark feminine because you you went started going down this place and I think you're so right we can often fall into this trap of thinking that feminine energy is hashtag light and love and flowers and rainbows and I get this vision of you know fucking someone just like sitting there and waving their arms around and feeling all this stuff and you know being very woo woo and wearing a floaty dress and a you know something like that and (laughs) that can be so fucking off-putting right like oh, 100%, me, yeah. yeah and I imagine for you as well but for me being someone who was definitely more in my masculine mm-hmm. coming into this yeah looking at that like I remember looking at some coaching programs that were around reconnecting to your feminine energy and it was this hashtag light and love flowy yeah. you know complete yeah. like the people that were speaking were like you know and you know, and you just have to. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. And look, totally nothing wrong with that. That's your no, vibe. Absolutely not. But what I'm yeah. saying is that it was extremely intimidating and uncomfortable to even witness. It's not realistic. That's why. Yeah. Well, it wasn't realistic for me. And that's why I love that view that we've shared of the unique balance of the masculine yeah. within each person, yeah. right? And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're 50-50. It doesn't mean that you're even 70-30. Anyone can be anything, right? And that's what that journey is about. But tell us about this feminine energy and the different aspects of it because we've got this word dark feminine and I want to fucking know more about it. Okay. So firstly, what I will say is myself personally, I have always been very in touch with my dark feminine. And your dark feminine is the power within you it's your inner power your inner resource so your your dark feminine is the the attributes the traits of it are your death and your rebirth she's magnetic she's transformational she's powerful she's fierce she's strong and she speaks her voice she's bold so she you can if you want to as well if you're interested in this but you have deities that sort of embrace all of these dark feminine uh, qualities so you've got um your egyptian goddess sekhmet she is the symbol of female empowerment she's called the mighty one the powerful one and she embraces all of these qualities the strength the death the rebirth because it's also your shadow side right so your death and your rebirth it's like the phoenix coming through from the ashes and we have to get to that death in order to find our power and to emerge through the flames like the phoenix reborn so these are all of the sort of traits that you 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 sense into with these deities um you've got another one her name is kali she's the hindu goddess as well of death and destruction creation transformation and these women are fierce they're powerful and within like feminine archetypes you've got like the wild woman the warrior woman and these women are all one thing I will say though is that they're not masculine. So they're within their power and their strength and their, you know, their fierceness, but it doesn't come from aggression of trying yeah, to control. It, of trying it to almost, force. yeah, it almost sounds a bit masculine, right? And it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, you spoke about that strength, right? Yeah. Oh, but, absolutely. The, the feminine is a powerful yeah, thing. But in it, general. it's different. 
right? It's different. Yes. It's, it's coming from a different intention, a different source. Yes. And the reason why it's different as well is, is because it's emotionally based. It's emotion. So ah. you're and you're doing and you're getting things done and all of that. But your your feminine is emotional, emotionally based. So all of these traits within you, they're all emotional gotcha. in the dark feminine. Yes, that makes so sense. So for me, how I sort of um embodied this this dark feminine was especially in work um I sort of had to because I'm I was very much in my masculine but you know just throughout my life as well what being in that that dancing space and around women and I was very in touch with my feminine as well she didn't the light feminine I will say didn't come out too much and that's yeah, what I'm so really diving into now in my life uh, the stage I'm at but so, my dark feminine has always been there mm, and we can see like I almost feel like it's an easier starting point to go into mm. from if you are somebody who's been super rooted in your masculine, yeah. going like we spoke about, going into the hashtag light and love might sound yeah. really weird to you. It might be really uncomfortable mm. and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's yeah. okay for you not to want to go completely into that. But what I'm hearing is that the feminine is so much more than just light and love, right? Oh, well, absolutely. Is, yeah, the yeah. feminine is a sense of empowerment, strength, the yes. depth, the rebirth, the power. Yeah. The being authentic and using your voice and trusting in yourself, in the universe, in your life. And when you have that inner knowing, that inner trust, that's where your power comes from. Because no matter what happens on the outside, you're good here. You're safe. Like you're protected with yourself. Nothing else can affect that. I so love that, it. It feels, like, it feels like bad bitch energy. And I really yeah. like it, you know? And, it, it's, and it's literally the completely opposite of the traditional feminine that we've kind of been shown, right? It is yeah. the complete opposite and it's kind of exciting. So this is it. That was the last episode for the Boundless Self podcast as you know it. She is growing, she's evolving, she's transforming, she's getting older and younger all at the same time. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a fun episode to listen to, to kind of go back, walk down memory lane from the last year and to tap into all of the amazing people and resources and knowledge and skills and things that, you know, we forget to do in our lives. So I really hope that you took away a lot about the importance of feeling and processing your emotions, the importance of being able to feel pleasure in your life, being able to be open and present and conscious to that, and the importance of discovering who you really are, your authenticity, and how it's just the key to actually achieving the dreams that you have for this life. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the first era of the Boundless Self podcast. And I cannot wait to reintroduce the podcast to you next Monday. Make sure to hit the bell icon to subscribe so that you are the first to know and that you can see all of the new artwork, all of the new vibes, all the amazing things, because it really is only going to get more amazing from here. I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're a part of it. I can't wait to share it with you. And again, reminding you how amazing you are, how well you're doing, and that your worth is not measured by what you look like, by how much you get done in a day, by how many kilos you can lift in the gym, how many friends you have. Your worth isn't measured by that. You are just enough and you are important just for being here and for being alive, being human, being the great soul that you are. And you can do this. Whatever it is that you're processing or going through right now, you can do this and you're doing amazing I think I actually found myself today being incredibly harsh on myself and I think it's so important that we have someone in our lives shout out to my mom who reminded me to go easy on myself to remind us that 
We are doing the absolute best we can and we're doing enough. Life is hard. It's really difficult sometimes. And you are navigating this in the most amazing way possible. You're here, you're growing, you're evolving. You're waking up to your past patterns. You're actually looking at yourself and your behaviors, which is not an easy thing to do. And I know that you are going to get through this. So I will see you on the other side. I will see you next Monday and get ready for the next evolution of Kathleen's podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and make sure to shout us out on your socials. Share this with a friend. I know this is probably a great episode to share with a friend as well because it's got so many different snippets in it. So make sure to send it into your chat because we know that the people will love it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye.